Welcome to In the News for November 12, 2021. I am Brett Bernie from AppsInLaw.com. This is Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. Good morning, Jeff. Now, I have to give a quick disclaimer. Even though I am wearing my Apple T-shirt that I actually got many years ago from One Infinite Loop in Cupertino. I actually was there at the store. You know, they have a store there, wow. or they used to. Um, I am not an Apple employee. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to say I wore this one time to a church function and I had a little lanyard with a with a name tag on and a little kid came up and said, do you work at the Apple store? Because <laughs> it looks like this. I know all these people that can see on the video there. Okay, but I am not an Apple employee. I'm if not you wear that t-shirt <laughs> when you go into an Apple store, people might walk up to you and ask if they can check out or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's get to the news. I just had yeah. to, to I went the opposite way this quickly. morning, Brad. I'm wearing a coat and tie. I know. I have a court hearing right after this uh, podcast. It's, it's a Zoom hearing so i'll turn the camera off for this one and go to the next one but i figured one of the two of us had to class up this joint so i guess that i falls love on me. it you dressed up i dressed down it's good to see you though <laughs> my friend you look great all right well let's start with some numbers this morning you know this is something i know that may sound a little boring to some folks but you linked this to, one's not yeah yeah th this is some good stuff so jason snell uh, who has been a longtime Apple coverer, journalist coverer. Mm -hmm. He was at Macworld for a long time, and he now runs Six Colors with Dan Morin, uh, a wonderful site. But he's been doing this for many years. He takes all of the numbers from Apple's like uh, you know, quarterly results, right? And he starts putting them into a very colorful charts, which is really interesting to really glean some things out of this. And you link to it today, Fun with Charts. Yeah, good stuff in it. He does it every quarter. You know, Apple has a fiscal quarter that's a little off of our calendar quarter. They have already right. finished fiscal quarter 2021 because the last few months of the year, um, which is the holiday buying season, which of course is, you know, when most people buy right. Apple products, right. is actually the beginning of 2022. So Apple's living in the future, as it were. <clears throat> so every quarter, <laughs> he will have like a little, you know, charts that show all the stuff. But this post is different. What he's done here is he's taken a look at revenue because Apple no longer reports product sales. They used to tell you how many Okay. iPhones they sold every three months. Right. They no longer right. do that. But what they do tell you the revenue. And by looking at revenue all the way back to the 1990s, he has charted out, wow. you know, Apple's Apple's fortunes. And there's a number of reasons that I think these charts are really fascinating. The most obvious is which if you look at sort of the overall one, which is the first chart there, which you're showing on yeah. the screen here, you know, if you go from the 1990s through today, Apple's revenue over the years, you know, for many, many, many years, it's more or less flat, slowly increasing. And then, of course, it increases a whole bunch when the iPhone comes around. Right. Um, but this last year, 2021, was like by far Apple's most prop, most revenue Insane. quarter, you know, most revenue year ever. And um you know, it's like 33% more than the year before. And there's a lot of speculations as to why that may have been. I think a lot of people in COVID, when they were stuck at home, decided to buy right. new technology, you know, new iPads, new right. Macs, new phones. You know, we were doing video conferences for school and everything else. So that's part of it. I also think part of it is that they are like hitting it out of the park with their products right now. All yeah, of their Macs yeah. have been, you know, um, with the M1 processors are so fast. Crazy. We got an iPhone. But, you know, even when you consider all of that stuff, it is still amazing. This is a company that's been around, you know, for since what the, the late 70s. And, right. and yet they are still just doing so well. So that, that first chart I thought was really important, really interesting. But just as interesting were some of the other charts where he goes through individual revenue because like iPhone revenue, right. you know, right. more or less increases over time. The two times that there's been sort of big increases 
have been the times when Apple has come out with a new design. So when they came out right. with the right. iPhone 6, which was the first iPhone to have a larger screen in 2014, a lot of people loved the idea of a larger screen for an iPhone. And so there were a lot more iPhone sales than there had been before. And then again, when Apple came out with the iPhone 10, that was, you know, of course, the one that got rid of the button. It was, you know, this the screen was edge to edge, top, bottom, left, right. right. People nice loved idea. that idea right. too. And there was another big bump. Um, uh, and they had, a, you know, again, a, sort of another big bump recently. So I thought that that was, that was fascinating. Um, but the next one, and, and then I'll let you comment before we go on to the last one, that the, there, of course, Mac revenue was going up, and I thought that was interesting. But the iPad one is fascinating because yeah. it's different. It's different from Mac. It's different from iPhone. It's different from everything else. The iPhone's released in 2010, um, and a lot of people got right. one there or soon after. In fact, Brett, when did you get your first iPad? Did you get it that first oh, year? Yeah. Okay, so me first, too. Yeah. So I got it that first year, although not right away. It came out in spring, and I got it in the right, fall. But right. um, a lot of people bought iPads in those first couple of years. So from 2010 to 2013, iPad revenue goes up huge. And I remember at the time, many people saying, iPad growth will be on this same trajectory as iPhone growth. But you know what? It oh, didn't yeah. happen. Around 2014, no. for the next couple of years, iPad growth went down. Um, and, and, it, and people was like, well, you know, nobody's getting iPads anymore. It's the death of the iPad. But then over time, the it dipped. And then it came right back up. And now this past year was for the first time higher than ever, although just barely. It's just a little bit higher than the peak back in 2013. Um, right. And so why is that? Why did so many people buy the iPad for those first few years? And then the sales softened for a while. And now they're back up again. I, I, my personal theory, and I'll be curious to hear yours, is that the iPad is such a great device that you really don't need to upgrade it very often. I mean, you get an early yeah. iPad and you can use it for many, many years. People are not using it for like, you know, crunching things in Photoshop or something that they need right. the, the best right. processor. So I think a lot, like once everybody got their iPad, they were good. They had it for a number yeah. of years. And then it was only over time when they finally, you know, when it's five years old or something like that. I think a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, it probably is time for another one. And at that point, right. their next iPad was so much better than the one replacing. But um, but I don't know what's 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 your thought on yeah. on this because it's same I mean, thing. you can't deny it when you look at the chart. Absolutely, I'm right with you. In fact, one of the things I remember quickly is <laughs> from like 2011 to 2014. I think I was traveling almost every month, Jeff, to a new state, a bar association, and giving a presentation to lawyers on how to use iPads. Like I was I was doing numerous speaking engagements then because it was sort of the hot new product and it was the thing that everybody was wanting to know a little bit about and it was fantastic and then i do remember though in 2013 2014 that i actually included a slide in my presentations that had to justify the fact that no 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 the ipad is still important <laughs> like we are still talking about the ipad and it is still something and I would show numbers. I mean, first of all, don't forget this chart is in billions. <laughs> so one of the things I said is, okay, this is still like a 20 to 30 billion dollar industry, like just this one product. I mean, first of all, that's no slouch on that. But uh, I just remember having to go through that and sort of justify that. I think the other thing is exactly what you're saying is that people got it. The iPads were so good in a manner of speaking, that you didn't need to replace it maybe as quickly as you replace the iPhone. Like it's not picked up, you know, the iPhone is smaller. We dropped it. I mean, we used it probably a lot more than maybe the iPad and people were okay with the iPad. The last thing I remember also in those years, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, is there, there were other companies that were trying to 
to punch a little tiny hole into the tablet market, right? The iPad wasn't the first tablet. I remember Microsoft had the right. Windows tablet PC. And, you know, we've had... But at the time, in, in like 2014, 2013, like Amazon was trying to come out with tablets and they still have a few. Samsung was coming out with tablets. And of course, Microsoft at the time, if you remember, they also had the Surface devices. And at that time, 2010, 2011, 2012, they were comparing a Surface to the iPad. Now they have changed that tune a little bit and they now compare the Surface to a MacBook Pro, right? Uh, which I think is the more accurate way. The Surface to me is a laptop first, and then it can mm -hmm. also be a tablet because you can rip the screen off. Agreed. But I just remember, I think those that's another kind of a geeky, nerdy kind of a reason too that I I think, would, would, you know, there was some confusion in the marketplace. We were looking at tablets. The iPad did lose a quote, I, I guess, a little bit of steam in there. Um, but it's coming back. And again, I just always kept reminding folks, this is still $20 billion on one yeah. single product. That is nothing to, to laugh at. But I remember a lot of doomsayers. I remember a lot of people saying, oh, this is it. The iPad peaked. You know, it's going to go down. It, you know, it, it, and it just, it's all, it's all clickbait a lot of times on some of the headlines. But there were some, I, I think, some sincere concern there. Is the iPad done? Is it over? Um, but over the years, it, while it kind of did have this dip, it does seem like it's coming back. And yeah. the other last thing is Apple continues, I believe, to put some marketing in that. Like they didn't see that it was going to die off like some of their other products, right? The What was that stereo product that they had? I mean, there's been several Apple products, right, that kind of fizzled out. And we were a little concerned that the iPad may be doing the same. Um, I think just quickly, another reason that it is starting to, to – to, um, to cycle up is because Jeff, the question that we get so much often, especially early on in the iPad, was can this replace my laptop? And at mm -hmm. first, Apple wasn't supporting that. You know, Steve Jobs famously said, "You don't need a keyboard or a mouse or a stylus to use the iPad; just your finger." But now, of course, Apple has kind of turned around on that. You can buy all of those things. A mouse is supported, a keyboard comes with it, and an Apple Pencil now. And I think that that has kind of helped it turn, turn it around a little bit. Those are my yeah. opinions. What would be interesting to see is what happens next. I mean, they're, they're at $32 billion for the past year, which beat the previous <laughs> record of $31 billion in 2013. Right? But as you point out, even the dip, even the, the worst, you know, the lowest point was when it was, quote, unquote, only 18 billion is exactly. 28. Brett, if you and I can think of something that we'll make 18 billion dollars off of, I will not feel disappointed. You know, that, that would be fine. Um, but it will be interesting. You know, we've got this this rise in 2021. It wouldn't surprise me if it continues to go up and down. I don't think that it's going up and, yeah. and will never come down again. But right. it's a nice business that makes good money. And it's just interesting because the the cycle of sales is different from, from some of the other ones. Um, the last thing that I thought was interesting here, if you scroll yeah. down to the last chart, this is where yeah. Jason puts it all together, at, or maybe the right. one after this. Um, yes. uh, he, he has the revenue by product line. <laughs> yeah, you can't even fit it all on the screen. He because... puts all of these charts of, you know, here's what the iPhone did over time. Here's what the iPad did over time. And he puts them all on a single chart. So first of all, you can see that the iPhone is so much bigger Way in revenue. Higher. I mean, what, is, what was it last year? Go up to the top. It was 100 yeah. and 190, 192. My God, it's just so huge. Billion. 192 with a B. billions with, a, with B. a B, not an M, a B. And then all of the other ones are, you know, services the best is 68 and the other ones are in the 30s. So, you know, a couple things that yeah. jump out at me for this. First of all, I think that this is just my mindset as someone who grew up with Apple in the 19, late 70s and, and through the 1980s. Right, right. I still, in my heart, 
think of Apple as a computer company. You know, it used to be yes. called Apple Computer Agreed. before they changed Same. their name to Apple. But yeah. I suspect that, you know, the, the younger generation, you know, they probably really think of Apple, rightfully so, based on this chart, as just the iPhone company. The iPhone, and they right. say, oh, yeah, yeah. they've got some yeah. other stuff. They've got like a HomePod yeah. and, and a Mac and, you know, all those little side products, but it's really just the iPhone. Right. And, you know, these charts do bear that out. And so uh, you can understand why Apple really puts their emphasis, their R&D, their everything into the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how lucky for them that, for example, all of the, the time and energy they spend making their own processors for the iPhone, they can then repurpose that for the iPad and yeah. for now the Mac and other things so right. that there's a trickle down right. throughout the company. But, you know, that one chart is just fascinating to me because it really points <laughs> out that it is all about the iPhone for Apple in terms of their revenue. The other thing uh, that I just found interesting, and I think Jason points this out a little bit, is talking about the services. Yeah, that is that's what we're talking about. It's interesting because services is different from these other products because you buy an iPhone and you may not need one for a couple more years and certainly an iPad. But services, once you sign up, once you're paying your monthly fee for Apple Music or for Apple TV Plus now or any of these other ones, you just keep paying every month. And so unless right, people drop right. off and eventually they will, I know Netflix has that people, you know, uh, people subscribe and then stop subscribing. But as long as you can keep your customers happy and in the family, th- those those charts only go up over time. They only go up. You're just adding new users and you keep enough of the current ones happy That's to right. stick around. And so and so it's funny, you know, you look at that chart, services is now higher, except for the iPhone. It's less than the iPhone, <laughs> yeah. but it's higher than the Mac. It's higher than right. the iPad. It's higher than right. wearables. And given right. that trajectory, doesn't look like it's going down, does it? So um, it's just it, I, I found that fascinating because Apple has routinely been lambasted by for their services, right? Agreed, I mean, agreed. Yeah, that used to it's be the never one been the best. Heels. Yeah. Exactly, it's never been the best, and I would argue it still isn't quite the best on some of the of some of the components. Mm-hmm. But they seem to really be investing in this, and I have seen over the last few years. It's sort of the 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 general uh, feeling towards Apple from a lot of pundits and stuff that are saying, "Hey, they are finally doing a little bit better." But boy, they're sure taking their sweet time about it. You know, mm-hmm. unlike unlike something like Microsoft, for example, that uh, you know they were not a hardware company. Where I would argue that Apple ri- originally has been a hardware company, right? And devices and and of course the Mac operating systems and everything are sort of supporting sort of that hardware. I'm oversimplifying a little bit, but like Microsoft, for example, never been a hardware company exclusively, right? It's always been the software most of the time. But they really have doubled down on the services, right? We talk about Azure and we talk about OneDrive and of course Microsoft Office, which is now all cloud based, and maybe right. even Amazon to a little bit of an extent there. Like a lot of these other companies have really doubled down on the services um and it's just it's interesting to me that while apple continues i think to still pr- primarily be that hardware company just like what you were saying the iphone to the mac etc uh the services is just an interesting trajectory like that to me was just more interesting in the sense that historically that's not something that apple has put a lot of uh, time and effort and r&d in but man you can't argue with with this trajectory here with the way it's going up and it's just going to be supporting everything that they're doing as well i mean this is almost like the new software support system <laughs> because we're talking about icloud we talk about the fact that all of these devices work together uh uh coherency or you know whatever uh, the the fact what what is that word where the ipad and um 
the iPhone. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The they, yeah. they pass it's off just that one all, to the other. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's just that it's all working together and it's working so much better than it has been before. So, yeah. Uh, so when we started this segment, good. you know, I was sort of making fun of you when you said the boring numbers, because that's what people say. Right. But these numbers, in my mind, are not boring. Crazy. This really tells you the soul of Apple, you know, how they have gotten here. Yeah. And it gives yeah. you a sense of where they're going in the future. So interesting stuff. That's great. Thanks uh, for linking to that, Jeff. And thank you, Jason, for continuing to do that. But just quickly, I'm going to underscore something you said at the very beginning. This is everything that ended in September, right? Right. It was last or a month and a half ago or so. So this does not include the holiday season for 2021. Right. I mean, it'll just be amazing to see what that's going to be. And I, I'm sure they announced that what sometime, I don't know, February, March or something like that. I forget, mm-hmm. but they'll have that. And Jason will have come back with, I'm sure, with uh, some more charts, which yep. which will be great. Uh, okay, so let's go on to a couple of scary stories from a fun chart story. Uh, you linked to a couple of things today, Jeff, that uh, I just, I, I, I guess it doesn't surprise me, but it, it's, it's a little sobering in the sense that the, quote, hackers, the uh, ma- malicious uh, operators are always going to find a way to undermine security measures. And typically what, what what this goes to, I think both of it is what I typically call social engineering, right? Correct. They're not like, they're not digging into your phone. They can't access your phone, but they can trick you <laughs> into giving up information about your devices, for example. So this first one that you linked to was about, it was a, it's a, it's a bot basically that gives you a call or maybe you can explain it a little bit better on, sure. how, on how this works. Yeah. And just to agree with your introduction to this story, you know, there's no question that people, humans are the weakest link in security. And that's why, you know, I'm the chair of the technology committee at my law firm. And like, of course, we're worried about the bits and and making sure that, you know, we've got our ports closed and all the things. But the number one security concern that I have is people, somebody getting an email that they think is real and they click on something and they've been the the victim of a a phishing or a spear phishing attack. And so, you know, these two attacks, I think it's important to know about what they do. So just to say quickly, you know, the first one, is somebody, you know, two-factor authentication, somebody has a your ID and your password, and then, of course, they need the code. And so what someone does is, mm-hmm, let's say that, mm-hmm. you know, a site is hacked and they get access to people's passwords. And of course, if someone's using the password on one site, a certain percentage of them are yeah. going to have the same password on another That's site. Right. And so what they'll do right. is they'll have computers automatically go to a different site. And then when it asks for a two-factor code, which of course the bad guy doesn't have, they they call you and they say, right. you know, right. and they use sort of an automated bot sounding thing, which is realistic because a lot of companies have these sort of, you know, we know that we're being called by bots all the time for legitimate reasons. Right. And they say, right. you know, it looks like someone's trying to, to log into your PayPal account. We PayPal have just mm. sent you a code, please read it out Text, to me to confirm right. that you, you know, don't want to block, you know, that you want to block this or something like that. And sure enough, that person does get the code because the, the bad guys have tried to log in, which yeah. causes PayPal yeah. or whatever the company is to send the code. Just and so suddenly code. someone's saying, gosh, I guess this is legitimate. You know, that I'm being called to confirm a code and I just got texted a code. And so they read out the code. And once you give the bad guys the code, well, then it's all done. Then they have logged in through Talk to Factor. They can change your password to whatever they want. They own your account. And the other uh, method, it's a similar idea. The idea is you lose your iPhone, right? And even oh, if you yes. mark it as lost yeah. and everything else, um, the nice thing about Apple is if you if you mark a product as lost, somebody who picks it up 
they can't just start using it. It's locked forever. Right. I mean, they, they right. can't get into it. But the one way around it is to log into your account and unmark it as lost. And so what the on, thieves on are computer, doing- right? On a yeah. computer, right? Okay. So what the thieves right. are doing is that they're, they they figure out what your number is. Like they steal an iPhone, they figure out your number and right. just from the phone, just the SIM card and stuff. Right. And then right. they, they let you know, oh, you know, it looks like your phone has been found. Here's a text message, click on this link. And of course, if you're really smart and you look at the address of the link, you might figure out that it's not legitimate, but they try to make this them look as sneaky. real as possible. Yeah. iCloud.findMy.com. That sounds sort of like Apple. And then they say, yeah. you know, click on here and log in. And once you have <sighs> logged in, what you're really doing is you're giving your user address. I mean, your address is not private. You're giving your password to the bad guys. Right. And once right. they get it, you know, two seconds later, they've, they've taken over. So, you know, I, in theory, if I say, don't give your password don't give your two-factor code to the bad guys. Everybody's going to say, oh, well, of course, I would never do that. But the right. thing is, the bad guys Good are getting practice. more sophisticated. Yeah, and if they yeah. trick you, that's the key Scary. word, they trick you, and then yes. you're hosed. It's, yeah. it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you linked to these because I feel like it's just something the, – the, the, the best way to combat this sometimes is really just knowledge, right? It's just Education. making sure that yeah. people are aware that things happen. Um, Daring Fireball, uh, which is John Gruber, you, you link to this and he's basically reporting on that first story that you're talking, that you're talking about. And he does a great job, I think, of like going through exactly how it works. Uh, again, this is nothing sneaky. It's not like, you know, there's a satellite in the sky and, you know, somebody is, is like targeting with a laser your phone or something like that. I mean, that's what we all think about, I think, from movies and stuff. But no, it's, it's exactly what you described, Jeff. It is using, the methods that are already in place, uh, which is text messaging, or they have found, you know, they know your email address, and that's what you're using for your username, right? And they may have found your password, not because they hacked into your phone, but because pretty much what happens, Jeff, is you're using the same password on multiple sites, right? That's why you and I are such huge advocates for using a password manager. But they right. have just downloaded one of these uh, lists that they can get sometimes for free, sometimes very cheaply online, you know, from these hacks that we hear about. Uh, what was it? Robinhood, I think, was just, you know, had a data breach, right? Or Target or something like that. And you're using that same password. So they just kind of guess at it many times. Sometimes they, they make, you know, probably 99% of the time, they don't hit something that works. But the 1% of the people that does work, that pays off for them, right? I mean, they're, they're able to get around. But John Gruber, I'll link to this story in the notes that people can just read through. He's got, what, it's about five or four steps here that really just kind of helps, I think, make it realistic. I, I always try to focus on uh, when I talk to folks is like, no, this is not some like, you know, government state hacker. You and I have talked about that before. But uh, what, what was that PSA or something like that? But this is not what we're talking about, right? Yeah, uh, that's usually for like high end state actors of some kind. This yeah, is that was the, the, the NSO group out of Israel. Is what it, you're talking it, okay, about. thank you. Okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah, but this is something that can happen to a, a quote normal person. And then yes. the second one quickly that you talked about is really working on the find my iPhone service. And uh, I've got a I'll, I'll link to this as well. But this link is so sneaky. It's iCloud.FindMy.com, which is not truly a, U, a good URL, but, that but it sounds like it almost could be. And know, then there's yeah. a dash though. It dash dot map uh, dot PM. Mm -hmm. If you're not taking the time to really look at that, I would just go ahead and click it. Yeah. I, the, the, the best defense that I can say, Jeff, and, and it, but again, it's, there's so many holes in it is if something doesn't just feel right, <laughs> it probably isn't. 
Yeah. But I realize how silly that that sounds because, you know, there may not be enough folks that are that are aware of when something doesn't sound right or, you know, that URL, the first part of that URL can fool anybody. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it even just a little closer, if you just take another 10 seconds to look at it, you'll notice, well, that doesn't look right. And if you have even a second of a hesitation, then I would say, stop, don't do it. But again, I, I realize how silly that that sounds, but that's really the only defense many times. I agree. Yeah. Really, really scary stuff. Okay, I'll put these links in there. I know we've talked about this, but I just think it's so important that people should be aware because once you do click something, especially you know, like what you were talking about, Jeff, with ransomware or a link from an email, it's over, right? You can't, you can't, you can't go back, and that's even more scary. Okay, uh, another link that you had, which is also to one of my favorite apps, is Scanner Pro from Readle. We like Readle a whole lot. Scanner Pro, which I have been using a lot, but it added a new feature this past week. Yeah, smart categories. So now when you scan things, you know, as you scan more and more things over time, receipts, magazines, recipes, you name it, um, they start to build up and you have a whole bunch of things on your iPhone. And if you're trying to go back and find something, you know, how do you search for it? You know, you could try to figure out what date did I scan it or something like that. But they have this new idea that the, the app now tries to intelligently guess what kind of category it is. So for example, if something's about the size of a receipt, you know, skinny and long, it says right. this is probably a receipt. And so when you're doing a search in the app, uh, in addition to searching for, you know, keywords and other things, you could at the very top tap something, you could search everything, or you could say, just search receipts. And even if you haven't yeah. told it, yeah. it's a receipt, it's going to guess it's probably a receipt or it's probably a magazine or something. So it's just another little thing to help you find things that you've scanned. Um, but I love Scanner Pro. It's, it's, it's a oh. great app for converting things from the analog real world into the digital world so that you can get a PDF file that you can use for whatever. My favorite way to do that, because now this functionality is kind of even built into iOS. I can do that even from the Files app in iPhone or the iPad, but I still turn to this Scanner Pro because it just has some additional features. In fact, I was, I've was i been using it. My son has been doing some math homework for an online class, right? So he's got to send, he's got to scan his paperwork, you know, to show his work. And I've just been using the phone. Like I have a scan snap and I have other Mm -hmm. scanners, but the scanner pro app has been great. And sometimes, you know, he's using pencil and it's not as dark, but you can go in, you can tweak the settings in scanner pro. Anyway, I'm a huge fan. I think it's still only $4, right? Mm -hmm. It's just an amazing bargain. Plus it does OCR as well. I'm just glad that, that, uh, that Riedel is continuing to, it's uh, got nice all these scans too they look really good you know i'll tell you one that i use for homework yeah so like my daughter will have some math homework and so i'll use scanner pro to scan the piece of paper so now it's in a digital format and it's (laughs) a nice nice contrast black and white and so now i I put it on my ipad and we'll sit in a room with our big tv and i'll i'll share play uh share my screen from the ipad to the screen so she and i can both see the screen and so she can use my apple pencil to try to solve the problem and i can see it on the big screen and say no did you really mean to do it this way and likewise i can show her how to do stuff so um you know, sometimes if, you know, a kid needs help on homework, but it all starts with scanning it first, <laughs> that's right? Cool. And that's, I yeah. use Scanner Pro for that. Excellent. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay, another quick thing that you mentioned too, which is really nifty. You know, we've, uh, both both you and I have shared our love for AirPods and AirPods Pro many, many times. And as you predicted, my friend, the original AirPods, or wait, this is the second, second generation. generation. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Second generation is now on sale for under $100. Happy Black Friday. 
Yeah, that's great. You know, Apple said that they were going to continue to sell them for, was it 129? I forget what the price is going to be. But when when it came out with that, I'm like, gosh, I wonder if it's going to dip under 100. And now it has for a Walmart Black Friday sale. So for 89 bucks, I mean, this is a great price for a product that so many people love. And it may not have all the bells and whistles of the AirPods Pro and stuff like that, but these are still great devices. So whether it's for yourself, you've never had AirPods before, or you're going to get it for a teenager, um, for a Christmas or Hanukkah present or whatever, this is a, these are that's a great deal great deal yeah because this is a wireless case right the second generation had a wireless charging case on um this. i don't is remember if this one is the, this one may not have okay. it I, I don't remember okay. if it okay. did or not um but again you but don't just, probably yeah. need the wireless case i mean you, it's just airpods Agreed. that work so agree and i would just say again to be clear this is not the airpods third generation that not just the brand new ones they out. come out with it's not AirPods so it's pro <laughs> so these lack spatial audio um, and they don't have the, the extended battery life, but they still have a fine battery noise. life and you yeah. don't need spatial noise audio. If you just, so it's like, it's for, the, for this price, it's, it's literally half the Amazing. price of the third generation. If you get it on this deal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then another quick thing, which I, I think is we're, we're, we're uh, doing uh, uh quick hits here. I, but I love this, Jeff. I'm so glad that you linked to this. So Apple every year, of course, has like a holiday page, right? And it's like all the gifts here, buy all the stuff, you know, from Apple. Cause you know, they want to have a good uh, first, first, first <laughs> quarter on this, but at the bottom, I don't know how you found this, but it's great at the very bottom. Uh, I just, I love this. Make a unique holiday card. Now I'm gonna guess many people have done this through um, what are, what is that photo? Print shop uh, was not, the one that's been around forever. Oh but, my uh, goodness, print shop! But no, I'm thinking of uh, what is that? There's a photo service, not Snap, Snap something. Um, anyway, starts with an S. But I remember or one of those. Yeah, I I remember that my my sister will do this. She'll go there and you can you know purchase and make a holiday card. But this is so cool. This is actually making holiday cards in Keynote. What I think is great about it is for I've actually been using Print Shop, which has been around since the 1980s, that you can make cards in the computer. And I used it on my (laughs) Mac up until a few years ago, Brett, because I actually would make cards for people. And I like Print Shop because you can personalize a card by taking like a picture of your kids and you put it on the picture to your parent, you know, for the grandparents and stuff. And it no longer works on the Mac. It's it was it used to be made by a company (laughs) called Mac Kiev. And I think when when the Macs made the switch to 64 bit a few years ago, they never updated it. So there is no good greeting card program for the Mac anymore. There just isn't. But all that a greeting card program really is, is let's take some pictures, let's take some shapes, let's put some words and let's arrange them nicely. And you know what arranges things nicely is Keynote. I think of Keynote as being something you use for presentations, but I guess you could print it. First of all, you could print a PDF and you could just send an email or something, or you can print it to paper on the front and back of a card and you have a card. So it makes perfect sense to use Keynote. I mean, now that I think about it, this is the best tool and I've had it and I didn't even know it. But the one thing it was missing was templates because those print shop programs would be nice because, you know, if you want a Christmas tree or if you want a wreath, you can put it in there. So Apple has given something and there's only about three or four cards in here, but you can use them and even have other elements off to the side. So like they have a, the square with the elements. And if you want to pull in something else from, from the the margins, you can do it. So it will help you to create a nice holiday card with your pictures on it. And uh, so get, so try it out. In fact, I think that if you go to an actual physical Apple store and like, I think you can like, you know, sign kids up to do a program. I think they're actually using this template to help kids make cards. So, um, but anyone can use it and and check it out. If, if you at all use Keynote and you know how Keynote yeah. works, um, now you've got a great way to make a few cards. Good idea. You know, I, 
I was thinking of this. I'm using it on a Mac, but there's no reason you can't do it on an iPhone. You know, I didn't even iPad, try it before. Right? In fact, I prefer using Keynote yeah. on an iPad because when you're moving I objects around, I do you're, too. Like, you're using your fingers. It's more tactical. Tactile. Um, yeah, I, I guarantee you I will be using this for somebody this holiday season. If you get a card from me in the mail, Brett, it may be <laughs> using Keynote. We'll see. <laughs> I, I just going to quickly say it, it, this didn't surprise me, but it made me thrilled because I think I'm maybe one step ahead of you. I have been using Keynote for a variety of things outside of a presentation for, for many years because it is so easy to literally create a design. I remember I had to do like a sign for, we, we gave my son like a Fortnite birthday uh, several years ago. And so I needed signs. So I was able to get a Fortnite font and the picture and I was able to create it in Keynote and export that out as an image. And you can do that. And the other, quickly, the great thing here is that on the screen, you can see pictures of of people. And when you download that Keynote uh, little template, or it's basically a Keynote uh, presentation, you literally just go and click. They've already kind of cut out the circle or the shape for the people, and you can just replace the image. There's literally a awesome. command in Keynote that says replace image. You can go then to your photos library, and you can pull up whatever picture that you want to include, you know, from the family or so to put that in. So thanks for linking to that. I just, I love that. Okay, so the last thing quickly, I couldn't, I couldn't resist this because you linked to a, a, something that I am starting to look forward to every single Friday evening now, which is the Foundation TV series on Apple TV+. Plus. It was so good. I, I'm just so glad. Uh, you mentioned, first of all, there's a new movie on Apple TV Plus with Mr. Tom Hanks called Flint. I've heard of I'm him. Hoping yeah, to, I, I think yeah. he's got a future. Yeah. I am hoping to get that watched either tonight, myself, or over this weekend because it just came out, I think, about a week ago. But after it will be after only after the next episode of a foundation thank you for linking to it my friend <laughs> yeah anyone out there that if you have apple tv plus and you haven't started watching foundation i really recommend it and it starts off for me at least i had not read any of the isaac yeah. asimov novels that inspired this right. although it's it, right they've changed the plot quite a bit um and the first two or three episodes it was just such a huge world i mean it's like you're suddenly in the world of yeah. star wars or, or dune or any of these other ones that it and i and i, I had to like what's going on here who are these people who are the, who are these people but once you get into it it's really yeah. good and it looks yeah. beautiful i mean apple has spent like movie money on making this thing look just incredible yeah. and the story is really good and i've got two episodes there's, there's a new episode that's out today that i haven't watched yet and then the uh the no first season finale is next a week um and yeah. i think that like in total, this is going to be like a five season arc or something if, if it sticks around. So this is going to be great over time and it's already good. So thumbs up it's if amazing. you're looking for something new to watch. Speaking of what you just mentioned, that that movie quality, it basically is like a full movie on here, which is amazing. But they're doing it in, in, in series. But they've been releasing little vignettes, little little videos here of how they did things on this, which I just thought. Oh, has I haven't been seen those amazing. yet. Oh, thank you. Oh, cool. Okay, well, I'll, I'll stop because I don't want no spoilers. But <laughs> um, normally, when I watch a science fiction movie, I don't like to see behind the scenes because I guess my my nerdy mind, I, I want to believe that things were real, <laughs> except for something like Star Wars. Right? I remember as a kid watching how they made like you know the. Um, 
uh, the, the, the run, the, the Death Star run, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just fascinated me and it didn't hurt me watching their actual movie at all. In fact, it probably even enhanced a little bit. I'm like, that's just so cool. I felt the same way watching this, this little uh, video. I'll put it in the show notes where it, they talked about using miniatures, right? There's a lot of CGI, a lot of animation, but they're using real miniatures. You can see this screenshot here. They're like cutting out like 3D printing <laughs> things like for the spaceships and stuff. And I just, I still believe you know, just like the old Star Wars days, right? I still believe that using like real, real models. Yeah, they call it practical. You know, things that are practical, something. that are real as opposed to computer. Yeah. There's something that can be more realistic about it. It just has more life to it sometimes. Absolutely. Okay, so the last thing just on, on my little uh, nerdery uh, journey here is last night I finally got to watch the Dune movie. Oh my goodness, that is so really good. That is not Apple TV Plus. That's HBO Max. Yeah. But why didn't they make a series out of that, Jeff? That's what I, I mean, it was so good and I'm at the end. I Literally, I watched it for almost three hours the thing is 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 huge and at the end i just wanted more i wanted more i, I have more. one I more. complaint about dune my <laughs> okay, only complaint <laughs> is the last 30 seconds when it says to be continued because it was yeah. so good i'm like that's what I mean, can, the... I, can, can i come back next week and watch the next episode yeah. i gotta wait like two yeah. years for the next because it clearly is part of a series you know one day all the dune movies will be finished and then somebody can just binge <sighs> watch them so one good. after another but um but it was really good Okay, thanks for indulging the science fiction uh, nerdy and me. Let's go to some <laughs> tips. Or actually, two apps. You yes, picked in an the app. Know. So I had to do an app as well. Uh, so I'll, I'll go first quickly. This is an app that I knew about several years ago, Jeff, and I had kind of forgotten about it. And I think because I wasn't traveling as much. So it's been maybe two or three years. This is called Voice Dream Reader. Now it's been around for a while. I think I may have discovered it even through David Sparks or somebody else that, you know, a mutual acquaintance of us. This is a, it's a company. It's a very small company, but it's a gentleman that wanted to devise an app that would help folks with disabilities to be able to like read documents because what this does is that this app reads documents to you. Now, I'm fully aware that the iPhone and the iPad have a built-in reader into iOS, okay? And that's great, because sometimes I'll use that if I pull up an article or so. But what I loved about Voice Dream Reader is that it allowed me to import like a PDF file or a case, you know, a case opinion that I was reading or a law review article or an article that I had created from a PDF. It can be text. It can be something I copied to the clipboard. It can be a PDF file, a Word document. What it does is you import this into the Voice Dream Reader app. It basically extracts the text and then you have numerous customization options on what kind of a voice that you want to read. Uh, There's several that come by default and it uses the iOS default voices in there. You can speed it up or slow it down. And as it is reading the text to you, it will actually scroll the text for you and you can change the size of the font or the text. It will highlight the current words that that it's reading to you. You can change this by highlighting the entire line or just the word. I mean, there are so many customization options as it goes through. I love this. I use this because I used to drive several hours for some business trips, but I needed to do some research. I wanted to to read an article or something, a column, you know, that I had downloaded. So what I did, I just 
imported them all into voice stream and as the car was going i was literally letting this app read these articles to me <laughs> and i could speed it up and slow it down similar to you know if we were using something on a podcast or so but i've just recently rediscovered this because i had some text that i extracted or copied from something and i wanted to listen to it and read along as i'm listening to it because you know it just kind of helps to to additionally uh, you know, get that into your into your mind, as it were. And I, I am l loving this app all over again. It's called Voice Dream Reader. They have two or three apps, but the Reader is the one that I'm talking about. It is uh, twenty dollars, a one time purchase of twenty dollars. There are some in-app purchases, but those are just for additional voices. Like if you want to pay, I think they're four ninety nine each. If you want to get some additional voices, uh, which sometimes they can be, you know, they're premium voices. The basic voices are sort of like the computer generated voices that you would expect to hear maybe like a siri type voice but if you wanted to pay to get one or two voices and you can listen to samples on there uh then it allows you to do that so anyway that's that's my tip i, I this app i've had it for a long time i've gone kind of fits and spurts but i just love the fact that i can import any document or any file that i have from dropbox or copy and paste or anything put it into here and it keeps a library for me and i can pull up a document and have it read to me uh at any time so voice dream reader is my app Cool idea. Yeah, I've never tried it before. I've heard about it before. I mean, I'm certainly I, I I love audible books. I love having books read to me. I've just right. never generated my own <laughs> by putting something into it and have it read. That's really cool. Yeah. Ooh, okay. you can even scan. It looks like on there too. Okay. Anyway, cool. if we use Scanner Pro, that's one of the ways I do it. Okay. Hey, there okay. you go. I, I, you can, you <laughs> it can all tell comes like together. It. We're just bringing it all together. Okay, your app, my friend. So the app that I'm recommending this week is a nice little app for the iPhone called When Did I? When Did I? <laughs> uh, it's from an Australian developer, Heidi Helen okay. uh, Pilipus. And it, um, you know, we always talk about a to-do app that says, you know, here's the things I need right. to do in the future. But this is sort of the opposite. This is a have done app. <laughs> it tells you, know, here's the things that you have done. It's it's a way to keep track of things that you sort of do from time to time. And, you, you know, how many times have you okay. found yourself saying, okay. gosh, how long has it been since blank? How long has it been since you know, I got a new computer. How long has it been since I, you know, uh, had the had the dogs, you know, uh, trimmed or you know his car has hair right, trimmed or right, got a haircut right. myself or you know how, how when's the last time I, I started using a new oh. bottle of shampoo or anything that you're just sort of curious and so whatever you want to track you set it up in the app and once it's set up. Um, indicating that you've just done something like, you know, I've, I've just got a car wash. Okay. You just open the app and you just tap yeah. it. And suddenly it logs the current date and time that you've done it. And so over time, after you've been using it, if you're like, you know, how long has it been since I did such and such, you can just open up this app. You don't have to search for it in your calendar or something like that. And you can see, right. and then over time, like that. things yeah. that you do over time, like my silly example of, you know, using a new bottle of shampoo, you can see, gosh, you know, I usually get a new, you know, I usually go through a different bottle of shampoo every X number of months. And so it might be time to buy a new one because I guess I'm going to probably be running out of the current one. So you can right. use it however you want to use it, but it's a very, very simple app. Um, I love it. I, I, I've been using it for a while and I liked it. I did a review of it in, uh, you're showing it right that. there in early 2020. And here we are almost two years later and I'm still using it. I like it. Well, like I, I, this is brilliant. I, at first, when I saw it, I'm like, "When did I?" I'm like, "Well, what, what do I care? Like, I need to know what I need to do <laughs> coming up." But it's such a great point that you're making. When did I? Like, just if you can quickly just input something, then because a lot of times I will go back over my calendar and do a search in my calendar. If you're like, "When was the last time that I called?" You know, my friend or something like that. And this is really neat. It looks like it's for two ninety nine, two dollars and ninety nine cents in the app store. 
Um, when did I? I like it. This is good. And then I'll have a link to your review on there as well. Great. All right. Thank you. I think we covered everything. Now I'm ready to go watch some more foundation. This is great. Sounds good. Me too. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye, everybody.